All right, so Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Let's read the first couple of verses and then we'll have prayer. He says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return, or excuse me, yeah, the clouds return after the rain. We'll stop at that point for right now and have prayer. Father, we now ask for your help as we think upon this chapter. And Lord, it's one that um, holds some great truths for us and even the conclusion of the whole matter. And I pray that you would help us to really sincerely give our hearts attention to it and allow you to teach us and to have your way in our heart as we listen to the Word of God. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we are all growing old. And I mentioned this morning, uh, we're going to talk about how to grow old. Really, I'm not sure if that title conveys exactly the thought, but, but um, it's true. And even for the young people that are here, uh, it, we're all growing old. And contrary to what you might think, it doesn't take as long as you think it does to grow old. And that in itself, I know I'm looking out and seeing some faces like, huh, I don't even want to think about growing old. I don't want to feel old. And uh, it's, not a, it's not a great subject as far as like an exciting subject, but it's important that we think about it because, you know, your life, when you finally reach that point of old, whenever that is, um, you know, the life that you'll have in your retirement years and so on largely depends on the decisions and things you do now, right? We know that's true when it comes to, uh, like, financially, uh, if you make good choices and and make some preparations and so forth, uh, that's going to affect how you, how you can live in retirement. Um, I know in our society, we actually have a society that's made it somewhat easier, I think. Although we like to maintain a level of, of uh, you know, lifestyle that uh, might be a little high, but, but um, you know, we have CPP, we have safety you know, things of that nature uh, that help us. And I, I don't know if we really think about it, but, you know, in many, many, many other countries, they don't have a lot of the uh, benefits that we do in Canada. And we can be thankful, you know. A lot of people do rely on, like, their children to take care of them because nobody else is going to do so. And if they don't have children, uh, then they're really kind of sometimes in a very dire situation. But anyway, um, not only that, but, you know, like, physically, if you abuse your body when you're young, that will probably uh, come back to, you know, pay you back when you get old. Uh, you know, you're going to have pain, you're going to have some debilitation perhaps, some uh, things of that nature. You may have even disease. And some of that could be a result of uh, things you did in your younger days. So we understand those things when it comes to the physical life that uh, we have to make some preparation. We have to make some choices that will affect our elder years. And that's not only true physically, but of course it's true spiritually. And this is what he gets at in this chapter. So we have about four points to get through tonight. We won't take long on uh, any one of them in particular. But in the final chapter, Solomon gives us some instruction on how to prepare for growing old. And the first thing he tells us is to remember uh, your creator. That's point number one. Remember thy creator, and, and I skipped a word there. It's an important word. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. 
Well, the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. And so basically he's pointing the picture, painting the picture here, almost like a storm coming, you know. And he says, to remember now, determine now, that you're going to live your life for the Lord. That we have a creator who created us, he designed us, he has given us uh, abilities, he's given us gifts and talents and things like that, opportunities, and we must determine to uh, live for the Lord, to serve the Lord while we're young. And it starts then. Not that, not that when you get old you can quit. We talked about that this morning. But really, in a sense, that is to say that we are to give our best years to the Lord. Right? Um, well, we have Potential. While we are in the prime of our life, we ought to use that time for the Lord. And uh, too often, sadly, young people think, well, you know, this whole thing about serving God and this sort of thing is something that adults do or older people do. And, and I'll get there one day, but right now um, I'm just going to enjoy some other things. And they may not be inherently bad things, but, but the point is you don't want to squander those uh, years in which you have uh, some more energy, some you know, some maybe some opportunities that you won't have in the future. I have never met. Now listen here. I have never met a Christian who has said to me that you know I wished I would have put it off a little longer. I wish I would have maybe got saved a little later in life. I wish maybe I had waited to dedicate my life to the, to the Lord. No Christians ever said that. I've heard many who said. I wish I would have done it sooner. I wish I'd have made that decision earlier in life. Um, somebody was talking about their spiritual birthday, right? Just yesterday. And um, 20, how many years did you say? 21. Praise the Lord for that. But I bet if you asked Miss Green, she would have said, you know, I wish it was 31 or 41. Because, um, you know, we could have Give him more of our life to the Lord. And so, don't waste your youth. Um, sometimes it's sad. We give God our leftovers rather than the, the best. We sang the song this morning, didn't we? Our best. Um, I like that song. He says, you know, our talents may be few and these might even be small. But we're still to give God our best. As best we can. And so... I, was, I wrote down in my notes, as we enter November, no one's thinking about going out and digging up the garden and planting seeds. Or, uh, you know, you're not, you're not uncovering the boat and getting out the bicycles. We're packing them away. We're beginning to, uh, you know, insulate things and, and uh, drain things and, and put things in, in their place because why? Winter's here. Well, it's coming pretty quickly. And so... Uh, now is not the time. If you didn't plant your garden many, many months ago, well, you're too late. You're going to have to wait. If you uh, didn't get to do all those fun, you know, the days of warm sun and sand and all of those things at the beach, I'm afraid those are over. You're not going to uh, be able to enjoy that. Not until next spring. Those hot afternoon, you know, activities are gone. And so we hopefully took advantage of it while it was here. And that's, that's the point he's giving, getting at here. Um, 
Someone was talking about the brevity of life, and they said, just about the time your face clears up, your mind begins to go. <laughs> and uh, sadly for some, maybe it seems that way. But the point is, we're to remember our Creator in the days of our youth. And you say, well, my youth isn't around much anymore. But as much as we can, uh, we, whatever time we have, we must serve the Lord. And so he, Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians 5. He said, and, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. You know, I said we sometimes are guilty of giving God kind of the leftovers or, you know, when it's convenient maybe. But God gave us his best, didn't he? He gave his son. And so we should give him our best. And, uh, you know, I, I still believe, although I know it's, you know, it's not wrong to do your Bible reading in the evening or whenever. But for me, my best hours, some, you know, I think everybody, you have the best time of day when you're the sharpest, when you're the, uh, get the most done kind of time. For me, that usually is in the morning hours. And I want to give those to the Lord. I want to give that time. And when I wake up in my day to my prayer time, to my Bible reading time, my devotion time. Because the rest of the day, my mind usually gets muddled up with stuff. And so just give your best to the Lord. So that's the first thing. Uh, remember your Creator. And then secondly, redeem the time. Let's, let's start with verse 3. We're going to read down to verse 8. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong man shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened. Now, probably some of you might be saying, I'm not quite sure what he's talking about here. He's really picturing old age. And I'll show you that as we go through it, but he's, he's likening our bodies to a decaying house. It says in verse 4, And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fears shall be in the way. And the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Or ever the silver cord is, bro is loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall, go, or shall return unto God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Now, so he was talking, it's kind of directed to young people. And he's saying, you know, you need to serve the Lord and remember your Creator and be busy at the Lord's business because the days are going to come when uh, your body, like an old house, will begin to decay. And he describes this in these verses. I don't know if you've ever studied these verses before, but uh, I, I, I just sort of like the picture. I don't know, just because it's an interesting way to think about but he says um, several things happen uh, as we grow older. First of all, um, well, before we get into all the different phrases here, I'm looking at my notes. 
there's, there's a lot of places in the Bible where he kind of indicates this. In Job 4, I'll just give you a few references. Job 4.19, he says, How much less in them that dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, which are crushed before the moth. Job was picturing our bodies, you know, these houses of clay that are ready to crack or turn to dust, uh, crushed before a moth. You know, a moth's a pretty light thing if it lands. You know, it doesn't have a lot of weight, but he says even that could could crush our old frail bodies. In 2 Corinthians 5.1, he says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. In 2 Peter 1.13, he says, Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, uh, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. And so we live in a tabernacle, of, you know, a body that uh, is here for a time and is heading toward dereliction. And I, and I was thinking, you know, have you ever thought about the fact that um, some places you see a run-down kind of neighborhood and a lot of things are falling apart, need painted and so on? Did you ever think about that at one time those houses were new? And maybe very desirable. You know, it might have been a desirable neighborhood where people would like to have lived. But now nobody wants to live there because it's just sort of falling down. I, I have often said this, and I, I get bad looks from my wife, but I've said there's, there's whole sections of Spokane. I think they should just doze it and start all over. Because <laughs> there's a lot of little houses that are just kind of falling down. and I don't know. They, they put so many coats of paint and so many touches up to try to make it look good again, but it's not working. So... Uh, and I and I I don't pick only on Spokane. Uh, the little town I grew up in, Titusville, Pennsylvania. If you go there in, on like a, even on the website, you can find these big houses that are like almost mansions, and you could probably buy them for you know way less than you'd have to pay for a little house here in Castlegar. Because at one time that town was an oil town, and a lot of people made lots of money. But now those old big homes are just like a, a millstone around some people's neck. You know, it's like, oh, I got to keep this place up, and it's hard. But anyway, uh, he describes this here and and how our bodies do that. Remember, Moses said in Psalm 90, he said, um, "The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet there is strength, labor, and sorrow." for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. So let's look at some of the details Solomon gives us about these years of labor and sorrow that accompany old age. In verse 3, he first begins to talk about the loss of strength. He says, when the keepers of the house shall tremble. The keepers of the house, uh, most commentators believe, are uh, talking about your arms and your uh, you know, your muscles, your strength that keep the house, and, and they begin to tremble. And I, I remember um, my mom, when I was home visiting, she was holding something, and her hand was shaking. And my dad said something about, you know, why is your hand shaking? She said, well, this thing is heavy. And, you know, it was just so much for her arm to hold on to. And, uh, you know, we begin to tremble when, when we get older. Our muscles don't have that kind of strength anymore. And, that, and that's what he's talking about. And then he says... Um, Further in verse 3, and uh, the strong men shall bow themselves. And there, uh, a lot of commentators think that he's speaking about the legs. 
and the and maybe the spine. I talked this morning about you know how some people are bent over as you get older. You know you you kind of uh, some people were would say you know I used to be six foot now I'm only five foot ten. You know I've kind of shrunk because uh, everything's sort of settling and that sort of thing. And so uh, this is what he's describing here: the the bow themselves and the and then verse three again he talks about the grinders, which is the teeth. The grinding is low, or excuse me, the grinders um, cease because they are few. Um, we all know those who lose their teeth, and you know when you were young you had all your teeth, but now you have dentures or something like that, and so you you begin to fall apart. Uh, what comes after the grinders? He says, "Oh yeah, those that look out the windows be darkened." What would you be talking about there? Yeah, these are these are my windows nowadays. <laughs> you know, uh, it used to be that I could see without them, and somewhere along the way, everything started getting fuzzy. And I had I found if I held it further, it would be clearer, and then that didn't work, and I had to go, and pretty soon I, my arms weren't long enough. And then we have to go buy reading glasses, right? Which are like magnifying glasses and frames, and and. Uh, then they have to get stronger and stronger. You start with 125, and then you go to 1.5, and then you go to 200 and 2.5, and, and by that time you probably should just get bifocals or something. But, um, you know, that, that's what happens. My wife thought it wouldn't happen to her, but it has. She's wearing cheaters now. So uh, these things happen. Then verse 4, he says, The doors shall be shut in the street when the sound of the grinding is low. I think he's talking there about hearing. Not only do you begin to lose your strength, you lose your eyesight, you lose your teeth, you also lose your hearing. Um, I told some of the story, but when I got to the airport in Pittsburgh, my parents were to pick me up and they were not there. My dad had said, I, I have a cell phone. Now, my dad's never had a smartphone. He, never, he always had a phone that you buy a few minutes on and just for emergency. But I called that number and I said, hello, and he said, hello. Well, he picked it up and said, hello, and I said, hello, where are you? And he said, hello, and I said, hello, where are you at? And he said, hello, because he heard he couldn't hear me. And uh, I tried this several times. I finally texted Betsy, and I said, you call him, see if he can hear you. She wrote back, no, same thing. All he does is say hello. But he couldn't hear us. And... Um, that's, that's just part of getting old. Your hearing goes. And then notice this. Some of you might relate to this. He says um, in verse 4, when the sound of the grinding is low, and then he says, he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. How many of you have trouble sleeping the older you get? Now, I still sleep good. I'm thankful for that. But I ran into a, a friend of uh, many of ours, uh, Sharon Tangent, yesterday. And Sharon told me, she said, I can't sleep. I'm not able to sleep anymore. And then uh, Miss Tana was with me. And she said to Tana, are you having problems with sleeping? Is that old age? And Tana says, well, why are you asking me? You think I'm old? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what happens. I hear many people say I, I'm having problems sleeping uh, as they get older. And I don't know what that is, but it, it wouldn't be fun. And then at the end of verse 4 it says, all the daughters of music shall be brought low. And, and most people there think he's talking about the vocal cords. Um, 
You know, as you get older, you do kind of lose your ability, your singing voice, your talking voice. I, I talked to my uncle, uh, I talked to all my uncles this past week, but one of them he called, he lives in Ohio, so he phoned while I was home. And it just struck me when I talked to him, I thought, wow, he's sounding old. His voice, you know, you can hear, I don't know, your voice just sort of changes when you get older. And so this is, this is the way he describes these things. In verse 5, he talks about fear. When they shall be afraid of that which is high. You know, young people have little fear of heights. They climb trees and, you know, run around on tall things. But when you get older, no, you're not going to do that because you, you're afraid of falling. A fall could be quite detrimental. And so, you know, you have a fear of heights. And then there's a fear shall be in the way. A fear of travel. And that's something, again, I saw with my parents. You know, they didn't want to drive at night. Uh, it's not, you know, when winter comes, a lot of people won't go out because it's not safe anymore for them to be on the road. And so these are the kind of things that he's describing as we grow older. The almond tree, uh, he speaks of, um, you know, most believe it's talking about gray hair, that uh, the almond tree is a gray, and he says that it shall flourish. I remember my sister, who is two years older than me, uh, we got together, and she she was we were talking and talking. And then she said something to my mom. I heard her. She said, "I wonder if my hair would be that gray if I didn't color it." She was talking about me. <laughs> she was looking at me and saying, "I wonder if my hair would be that gray." <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It is. I can't deny it. But anyway, that happens too. And then uh, he talks about mobility issues. The grasshopper, verse five, there in the middle, shall be a burden. And uh, what's he talking about there? You know, the grasshopper, of course, he has a spring in his step. But, you know, when you get older, that spring in the step kind of turns to a shuffle. You know, you begin to slow down. And there's no spring anymore. It's a burden. So, all of these things. Then we see at the end of verse 5, the desire. Uh, the des- desire fails. And there's a lot of things, you know, that young people desire and Older folks are just like, yeah, I'm not interested in that anymore. I used to like going, I used to like doing, I used to like these things, but all those desires have gone away for activity or whatever they are. And so he's just, so again, this is just an interesting description. Um, I don't want to make it long and boring for you, but, but just read those, those descriptions and you can see how he's talking about the you know, age and what it does to our bodies. I was thinking about another verse. I'll, let's just take a minute to look at it. We got a little bit of time left. Second uh, Samuel, Second Samuel nineteen. There's a character here that David, uh, who's a friend of David. David wanted him to come and sit around at the kingdom with David, but he was an old man. Second Samuel nineteen, verse thirty-five. His name is Barzillai. And Barzillai says in verse 35, he says, I am this day fourscore years old, and can I discern between good and evil? Can thy servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore then should thy, uh, thy servant be yet a burden unto my Lord, the king? So basically what he's saying to David is, 
uh, you know, David says, come and be with me and, you know, and all my servants and so on. And he says, what's the point? I can't hear. I can't enjoy anything. I'm just going to be a burden. You don't want an old guy like me dragging you down. Just go on without me. And some, you know, age... Thankfully, uh, we're not to that point yet. But one day, we'll, many of us will reach that point. So, what's the point? Well, first of all, I'll go back to our chapter. And what comes next in verse 5 is what comes after all that? Well, death. He says, Because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Now that's kind of, I think that's kind of a nice term, to your long home. <laughs> you know, he's gone to where he's going to be forever, uh, to his long home. But he's talking about death, and the mourners are, you know, mourning his death. And then verse 6 is just uh, kind of some phrases of, that I think are common in that day to speak about death. The silver cord was loosed, um, and the golden bowl be broken. Some say that the silver cord would hold up this glass lamp, and when it broke, then the bowl would fall and, and break. And it was, it was like, you know, we have these sayings about death. You know, he kicked the bucket or something like that, right? You know, I mean, what does that actually mean? Well, he died. I don't know why he kicks a bucket when he dies. But, you know, my dad used to say he went over the dike or something like that, you know. Or, um, these are the kind of terms that we use. And this is like what they're saying here. Uh, the pitcher be broken or the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern. So the wheel that's on the well, you know, you can't get any water up out of the well anymore because it's, it's, it's a picture of death. And then shall the dust return to the earth as it was and the spirit shall go unto God who gave it. So that's not a, you know, that's not exciting thinking about all of that, you know, we're going to get old, our bodies are going to, man, all these things are going to happen. We're going to lose our sight, our ear, you know, our hearing, our teeth, our uh, strength and all of that, and then you die. You know that's that's what life is like. And if if you didn't know the Lord, you'd say vanity of vanity. That's all seems like vanity to me. But um, but the point is, of course, we can serve God and we can live our life for the Lord and do it when you're young, because these days are coming. So we see that we're to remember our Creator. We're to uh, what was the second point? See, my memory gets gone. Remember your Creator, redeem the time, and now recognize uh, with true wisdom. Verse 9. He says, Moreover, because the, pitcher, the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads. A goad is like a cattle prod that moves you along. Or as nails fastened by the master of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further, by these, my son, be admonished, of making many books there is no end, and much study is weariness of the flesh. Now, I'm not going to expound all of those verses or the thoughts that are there, but... Basically, he's talking about true wisdom that comes from the preacher. Um, you know, he sought out good words and, and he uh, is teaching us acceptable things. Words that will goad us along, that are like nails fastened, that will be stable. There's a stability there. And then he says, you know, the making of many books, there's no end. Preachers love books. 
I have so many books I, I, I really do kind of get under conviction sometimes. I have, I have a lot of books I've never read. I just have so many books I've never got to read them all. But the, but the one thing we need to understand is that you know there's one book that's important. I may never read all the books on my shelf. But I do want to read this book most of all. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, visit many books, but live in the Bible. That's a good thought, isn't it? Visit many books, but this is where you want to live. So, um, that's about all I'm going to say on those verses. The last one is reverence God. And here we see these verses that are probably familiar, verse 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So we've gone on a long journey through this book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon's talked to us. <coughs> you know, he's, he's been very open, very candid about how he basically tried everything. You know, he gave himself to, uh, you know, amassing wealth. He, uh, we, know the, we know the testimony that Solomon married many women. Uh, he had all, you know, he was highly educated. He, he did everything. And, he, and most of it, he said, was all vanity. Vanity of vanities. But now he gets to the end and he says, here's the conclusion that I've figured out. Out of all those things, it all comes down to this. Serve God while you're young, because one day you're going to be old. And redeem the time and reverence God. Fear the Lord. Obey Him. Because one day you're going to be judged. Verse 14. You know, there's a, a, an atheist, Adaldus Huxley. He said this, he said, I'm going, to take, I'm going to take science view because I want this world not to have meaning. A meaningless world frees me to pursue my own erotic and political desires. You see, if life has no meaning, then you can just do what you want. But God's put us here for a purpose. And one day we're going to answer to the Creator for how we live this life. I found this very interesting. Um, there was a Dr. Wilder Penfield. He was... The, from the Montreal Neurological Institute. And he said this. He said, Your brain contains a permanent record of your past that is like a single continuous strip of movie film, complete with soundtrack. Uh, this film library records your whole working life from childhood on. You could live again those senses from the past at one, at one time, or one at a time. When a surgeon applies a gentle, a gentle electric current to a certain point on the temporal cortex of your brain, and as you relive the, scent, the scenes from your past, you feel exactly the same emotions that you did during the original experience. I don't know about all that, but that would be kind of interesting if you could just touch something and you could relive that. But I wonder when we get before the throne of God in the judgment, is God going to touch your mind and you're going to relive the experiences of your life? 
I don't know how it's all going to be. But we are going to give an answer. And so, this is the conclusion of the book. He says, Remember your Creator. Serve Him while you can. Fear God and keep His commandments. Because God shall bring every work into judgment. It's not that nothing matters. Everything matters. And so, it's kind of a sobering chapter, but I hope it encourages us to uh, to live for the Lord and be serious about it. Let's stand and we'll have prayer together.